0: pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our 3 Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. And hey, welcome
1: back. We have actually reached the third hour of our program. I know if you've been with us the whole way, that probably comes as a shock. Welcome back. Uh, we have been talking a lot about the new CFP we had Heather Dinich on earlier. This is a headline from the Mercury News out on the West Coast. CFP chaos, WSU's Schultz, he's the president of Washington State. On the new format, frustrations and future. John Wilner spoke to a man who's had a lot to say uh, and has uh, been blamed for a lot as well. Uh, John, great to have you back on the program. Tell us about your conversations and where do you think we are?
2: Well, I think we're kind of in a a holding pattern here while they figure out what they want to do for the 26th season and beyond. You know, I I agree. Kirk Schultz has had more to say publicly than all the other CFP board members combined. Uh, He certainly has, you know, an unusual situation with the Pac 12 collapsing. And, you know, he's the representative of a conference that has two teams moving forward uh, but he he certainly is not shy about talking and he raised uh, you know some concerns about the internal communication and he feels like the presidents have not been necessarily kept abreast of of what's going on at the commissioner level with the management committee uh, to the extent he thinks they should and it sounds like he's pushing for for you know more frequent updates and I got the sense that You know he's uh, there. There's eleven members on the board, right, including Notre Dame's president, and there's there's a bunch of group of five uh, presidents on there, and I got the sense that they're they're not thrilled. Generally, I don't think it's just Schultz. I think it's everybody who's not in the uh, you know representing the SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, and ACC, and Notre Dame is is a little bit frustrated.
1: Yeah, John, just for some history uh, before I lose my cool. Um, President Schultz was, if I remember, was part of the group that, that derailed the expansion of the 12-team playoff a couple of years ago. Uh, he, he is very outspoken and I'm, I'm, he's got a seat, whether he deserves one or not, I think is a is, is question I would ask. So tell us a little bit about, before we, we, we bury this guy, what he told you beyond, I mean, he, he was very uh, descriptive, was he not?
2: Uh, yeah, he was fairly descriptive. You know, he he talked about the SEC and the Big Ten kind of formulating plans and and the presidents, you know, hearing about it second and third hand. Uh, he you know he mentioned that the the presidents had to step in to get the whole thing moving to twelve. Remember, it was stalled. The Pac twelve, ACC, and and Big Ten voted against. Uh, expansion initially, uh, you know, first they hit pause in the summer of 2021, and and then they you know voted against it, and it wasn't until the president's kind of swooped in that they they were able to get the 12 team format passed, and he was a big part of that process. Uh, certainly, that he was representing the Pac 12, the Pac 12 was part of the group that delayed it. So I think his his role in the whole evolution of the, of the playoff to this point has has been, you know, n- not necessarily linear. He's kind of been on both sides of some of the developments.
1: We're chatting with John Wilner. J- John, forgetting him for a second, and I'd like to, uh, because I, I really don't understand a, a guy that has two schools in a conference who still has a seat at the table, and, and I'll be as gentle as I can, I realize you interviewed him because you, it, it's part of the, the story, but how much weight should we give what he has to say?
2: You know, not a whole lot. I, I mean, he did vote for moving forward with with the 5-7 format, right? Uh, now, in terms of how much weight we should give what he has to say about the future, probably not very much because yeah. the SEC and the Big Ten are going to determine that. Uh, but I do think that, you know, he's. It, I got the sense that he's speaking for several presidents that are representing a group of five conferences, and they are concerned about, you know, this growing division that's happening within the CFP. But that division reflects what's happening in college football uh, more broadly, right? I mean, the SEC and the Big Ten are in charge of this thing, and they have consolidated their authority. They're making plans to do that Uh, moving forward with their advisory committee, and frankly, I think that they need to, because there's no leadership from the NCAA. I mean, Charlie Baker's trying, but there's only so much he can do, and you've got all these external issues, right, like revenue sharing and NIL and the transfer portal, all that. Uh, The SEC and the the Big Ten, they need to lead. Somebody's got to lead, Paul, and so uh, I think that You know, what's happening within the playoff itself is just reflecting, you know, the broader landscape here. Yeah. And John, the
1: group of five, I want to ask you about that because it's hard to be objective sitting where I am. Uh, But can you give us or can you encapsulate what what they're saying, why they're upset? And quite frankly, why should anyone care what they have to say?
2: Well, I mean, they they do need to care, right, because Of uh, the potential threat of a lawsuit, right? I mean, the group of whether the the playoff stays at twelve teams for the you know starting with the next contract cycle in twenty twenty six, whether the playoff stays at twelve or goes to fourteen or goes to sixteen, the group of five needs to have an access point because otherwise there's going to be a lawsuit.
1: Okay, well, I'm glad. Uh, Let me pause you right there because you just answered the question that I think a lot of fans are just saying, a lot of fans and myself because. You think about this stuff, but but I want you to carry that further because uh, that's what college football can't afford right now. There are enough lawsuits going around. So essentially they're getting a seat to, to mollify them from filing suit. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's
2: – and that's the reason that the group of five was included in the, the access format that was devised three years ago by Greg Sankey, Craig Thompson, Jack Swarbrick, and, and Bob Bolesby, right? It was, they always have one more automatic qualifier spot than there are power conferences in order to give the group of five that, that, that access. And so if it's, uh, now that it's four power conferences, you got to have five automatic qualifiers to give the group of five access. You can't have, you can't have a playoff that represents 130 teams in FBS, but doesn't guarantee an access point for half of them, right? Because a group of five is is essentially half of the FBS. So otherwise there's going to be a a collusion lawsuit. And so that's the reason they are continually carving out a spot for the the G5. Regardless of how many total teams are in the playoff, there's always going to be an automatic bid for the G5. John, beyond
1: all that, uh, you're out there on the West Coast, and you have the two remaining, but what is the level of interest from Oregon, Washington, and in particular, I want you to explain and and, and discuss the the Oregon-Washington excitement for the Big Ten, uh, coupled by the California and Stanford inclusion into the acc where you are uh, you, you're pretty close to both of those uh, what what is how, how, how would you compare and contrast that
2: well i mean the cal stanford thing too, it just doesn't make any sense right it, it, if the thing were logical they would also be in the big 10 and you'd have six teams out here and they could play a lot against games each against each other and save the athletes a lot of schlepping back and forth right <laughs> i mean two teams on the west coast in the acc makes zero sense uh I would say that there's not a whole lot of enthusiasm with Cal and Stanford uh, schlepping back and forth to the East Coast. Washington and Oregon is a little different. I mean, my sense is that those fans are excited because they're going to get, you know, and it changes each year with the schedule. But they're going to get a couple games every year where they got Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. But they're not – it's not like there's overwhelming excitement in the Pacific Northwest to be playing Indiana – or to be playing Minnesota or Maryland, uh, you know certainly UCLA isn't ecstatic about going to Rutgers, and USC's not doing cartwheels uh, about having to you know play Purdue. It's it's the chance to get those handful of premium matchups each season, and also you know to be get, collecting the money right. That's obviously a huge part of it too, is the Big Ten paycheck, and that's. It's far more uh, uh, substantial than what they would have gotten in the in the Pac-12. Uh, but you also wonder, you know, to a certain extent, competitively, is it gonna, how are they going to do? And if you go into this new conference and you're, you don't compete right away, you can, you can turn into a Maryland and Rutgers situation where it just doesn't quite feel right.
1: John Wilner from the Mercury News, he uh, has written, uh, he's literally been the voice of uh, the, the Pac-12, broke the story about the schools going to the Big Ten. John, I want to close on off the CFP, uh, but you're, you're, you talk to people at all these different schools. I'm curious, now that he has left, some, uh, taken some assistance and some uh, obviously didn't even make it uh, in time to move, but what is the, he's also taken some players. What is the read from Washington people about the departure of Kalen DeBoer and what's happened since the national championship game?
2: Well, I mean, they took it as a gut punch, right? The guy did an incredible job in two years uh, and also was a good fit for Washington's campus and the Seattle community, a good fit personally. You know, it's a little bit of an understated area, and that, that fits with him. So they took it as a gut punch, and then the fact is that they lost Ryan Grubb, who's a terrific play caller, and all the players. I mean, they got their roster got completely gutted between the transfer portal and the NFL because they lost a ton of guys to the NFL too. So, uh, they I think that the fans there, given the circumstances, were pretty happy that they got Jed Fish from Arizona. But uh, you know, they just they just it was not not they feel like they finally got a guy who's going to help him compete at the highest level, ready to take him into the big 10 compete for, for the title. And there he goes off to Alabama. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's Alabama. And I think Washington, lots of Washington fans realize, you know, that you just, you just can't compete with that. John, I mean,
1: I think we all agree. It's in dis- not in dispute that, that he's an outstanding coach, but you know him better than we do. Uh, just from a personality standpoint, how do you think he's going to, fair in that cauldron of not only Tuscaloosa, but the SEC and the expectations. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's interesting
2: to me. and I, That was the first thought I had, too, when Alabama hired him. But to a certain extent, you've got to have really thick skin, right? You've got to like, be an alligator or a crocodile with your skin in that environment. Nick Saban obviously had it. Uh, and and to, I think to a certain extent, you could say that anybody who's willing to take the job must be self-confident enough in their ability to exist in that fishbowl and deal with it. Uh, but I'm curious. I viewed it like this. The Alabama hire to me went like this. You normally judge a hire on a scale of one to a hundred, but with Alabama, you, they weren't saving. Wasn't coming back and they weren't getting Kirby smart. So the ceiling for Alabama wasn't a hundred. They were working on a one to 90 scale. And I think DeBoer, is an 89.9 out of 90. And that .1 is, you know, you wonder about a guy, Midwest guy who's coached out West, and now he's moving into that fishbowl. But otherwise, I mean, I think Alabama did as well as they possibly could have, given that they weren't going to have Saban and they weren't going to have Smart. And
1: everybody got rich. Sarkeesian, Dan Lanning, Mike Norvell.
2: Jimmy Sexton. Don't forget about Jimmy Sexton.
1: Well, he's the, he's, he is the, the Wizard of Oz, as we all know. Uh, John, great to have you on. Fantastic conversation. John Wilner from the Mercury News. Uh, nobody knows that part of the world better than him. We'll take a short break. More to come right after this. You're listening to the
0: Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free, no insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMS.com Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMS.com Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a health provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We are back, and Todd... Is up next
1: from Shelby County, Alabama. Hello, Todd. Hey, Paul. Thank you for taking my call,
3: buddy. You having a good day? Yes, sir. Good deal. Hey, I'm going to tell you how to romance that wife of yours, but before I get to that, let me say something. Augie, when I call in, it's my call. It ain't your call, boy. I don't need you to call it in with Huey P. Long down there in Louisiana and all the corrupt mess He made George Wallace look like a saint. But I have stopped on the Huey P. Long breeze down there, and I peed off of it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, also, James Bond in San Antonio, you don't just get to do anything you want to after you graduate kindergarten and get through dipping them French fries at McDonald's. But anyway, Paul, uh, let me tell you, I took my wife to the picture show Sunday afternoon. Yes, sir. And we watched Ordinary Angels. And Paul, it's a true story about a little girl in Kentucky that needed a liver. And uh, Paul, it's a wonder I could even watch it. I cried the whole show because I know that God has miracles and God has miracles for everybody and God loves everybody and God didn't make no jump. But I'll tell you another sh- uh, show that I wanted you to see it, Paul. If you ever see Free State of Jones, that was Jones County, Mississippi. If you ever see it, you will see me in that show. You just you need to go watch that show, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. But take that, take that woman, take Linda to the picture show. Now they may not call it picture show anymore. I think they probably call it a theater or something. Uh, but, I, I like uh, anyway, picture show. Really enjoy. It. And also, Paul, look, Catherine, welcome to the real world, dear. But anyway, Paul, thank you for taking thank my you, call. Thank you, Todd. Thank you very, very day. much. I
1: love you, brother. Well, I know what I'm doing Sunday. Well, Good Take, deal. I'm, I'm taking the, the little lady to the picture show. You, you want to come? You want to find a lady and we'll all go. That'd be the problem. I'll spring for the first tub of corn. We'll just pass it up and down because I don't think anybody else will be at that movie, do you? Trey is up next.
4: <laughs> you think I can bring a couple of ladies and go with you Paul: Come on, Dan.
1: Right? I'll spring for the whole uh, whole group. Hey,
4: Paul, let me ask you a question. Well, what's the guy's name from Missouri that called in? And he just said that you were
1: well, you're not fair, Paul. That would what's be. Uh, that would be John from Missouri.
4: Well, let me ask you a question. If you're so unfair, why would you continue to call the show every day and talk to a person who is so unfair, and when you call, you talk about nothing?
1: Well, there's a reason for that, Trey. He feels uh, it is incumbent upon him as a messenger from wherever <laughs> to uh, maybe Mars to set set the truth, uh, let let's sunshine... Well, let, let Sunshine be
4: then, the disinfectant. Oh, a, a lady called earlier and complained about the show, said it was something like a soap opera. But, you know, Paul, I've been listening to you for years, even when you was on, back on the radio. And the thing about this show is there's so many callers that have been around for so long. And, and I don't think a lot of these new people understand that we get to hear people's personality. It's just not calling in and ask you a sports question and we don't get to talk. We actually, and so you can kind of put a personality with, with with a person's face or, or what they're saying. And I think that's what makes this show so unique is that you let people have their say so and their personality. So I just think that's what makes the show so much different and so much popular. And one other thing, Paul, I've been telling you for a year, that Jim was not an athlete. I've been saying it and saying it and saying it. He doesn't have the mental capacity. Well, well Trey, I'll, I'll, you I'll ask
1: you this because you've been a coach and, a, and, a, and an official. You heard from his cousin the other day. He's, what did he say, Randy? He, he didn't, didn't get
5: along
1: with others. These are the three things he said. Oh. He, he didn't get along with others. Didn't take criticism. Didn't take criticism. <laughs> what was the other one? He he openly criticized well, his coach. Right. Those are the three you elements. Know, I, I've of- been
4: telling you that for a year, Paul. He, 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 you, you could just tell by his personality. He didn't have the mental. You have to have, but you I'm telling you, to be great, to be a good athlete, he says, you have to have a strong mental capacity to take criticism and take criticism from other teams and coaching and different coaching, and he don't have it. And I hate to tell him, but I've, been, I've known it for a year. I've just been around it too much. I'm glad you, so I you I, I'm wish. i sorry we didn't call. listen
1: to you, Trey. We, we would have saved ourselves a lot of <laughs> aggravation.
4: Well, then you need to move me up in the bracket then. How oh, about are You're
1: that? up, you're up, you're, you're there. We'll, we, we will take care of you, Trey. We'll put you right ahead of this next caller, Johnny B. Hello,
6: Paul, how's it going today? John? I really hate the fact that you had to cut off early yesterday and and the Joey and Mainland call wasn't there for the whole world to, to enjoy I actually freaked and went to the radio and they had some local ball game or something on so I hit one of the you know things apps or whatever and I was able to listen to that but dad that was an apps, all-time call you're right
1: we, we some some of you missed it I, I don't know if we have it on one of our uh, if we have it around to replay but it, it was one of the all-time calls.
6: It's on the podcast, I Okay. Think. Okay. And, uh, but uh, I've decided if you ever want to get a good job, and, and this is not making light of, of Heather Dinich at all, but if you ever want a good job, you know, pick out somebody like her that's just so sweet, nobody will ever get mad at her, and, you know, it's like they were saying today, that's a moving target. You can't report on the CFP. I mean, you, you know, every time she tries to there's nothing concrete. You know, you ask her a question, it's like, you know, there's this word gumbo or slaw or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, that is a good gig. That or a weatherman because there's, you know, you, you get away with whatever you want to. But I think if I, you know, if you're looking for career day kids in school, find being a CFP reporter.
1: And, um, she has done and a really local. good job uh, with that beat. She's had it from I mean, the, from the she beginning. the
6: beginning. nothing to report on. You know, she really doesn't get fed anything to report on. It's just like, hey, I'm pretty. I show up, and who's going to be mean to her? So they, you know, they do the thing. But you know, well, the, well, well Johnny. First of all,
1: Heather head. Heather is a, is really an outstanding reporter, and, and I think what you're what you're describing is a complex beat, but she has mastered it, uh, and she, in spite of everything, still gives us a coherent description of where they are. Uh, at all times and has been uh, the best reporter on that beat from since 2014 we'll take a short break we're coming back much more to come right after this
0: you're listening to the paul feinbaum show podcast
1: we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: We're back here on a Thursday afternoon. Jim is up next. Well, I
7: heard you, uh, tell. Yeah, I heard John say you were unfair. And of course, I know you're unfair. But I want to see how many times you interrupt me when I try to make my, my statement about Trey. Trey says I'm an incompetent middle mentally incapacitated is that what he said essentially Well, that's basically what i heard uh, let me ask you something sir uh first of all I, I he sounds to me i can i ask a question an honest question about trey of course. i think he's a homosexual i don't know i've heard he is uh do you know if he is or not jim
1: i i, I don't know and really don't care but anyway what's well, next, I, I
7: just you know i i, I care because I know the traits of some of those people. Okay. Let me just get on to the point. Let me, I, I, I don't. Please don't interrupt me, if you don't mind. Be un, try to no, be un, I will, I will not interrupt hand. you, but
1: I'd prefer you not go back on, on down the road you just went.
7: Well, I, that's a fair question. You don't mind the other people going down the roads against me that are so horrible, nasty, insulting? You don't mind those, but let me try to stay calm. Here's what I want to say to Trey. Trey has criticized me for a year. You said I was the greatest caller, and, and he was liking me some then. And when he got sick, I don't know if you remember this, he asked for prayer. I fervently prayed for Trey. He got better, had blood clots. Then he, got then he started getting nasty and criticizing me and a few other people, and he, got, he was off there for a couple of weeks, found out he almost died, got blood clots again. Now, I don't know this, but I know at times I believe, I believe things like that happen to people that are that are unpleasing to God. I don't know why God does all these things. I don't. I don't think He puts sickness on people, but he, I know He can allow the devil to do it, just like He allowed Job to be attacked by the devil with all kind of sickness and disease and so forth. As you will, I think you well know that. My point to Trey is you better watch your mouth, Trey, because you're criticizing people that might be highly rated by God. I, you know, I'm not highly rated by people. But I'm highly rated I don't even know if I'm highly rated by God, but I think you better care, be careful how you talk about anybody when you're having trouble with blood clots, sickness and disease because that your mouth you're just the Bible says you're justified you, you, your mouth you're justified by your mouth and you're condemned by your mouth and you've been condemning yourself by being nasty to me and other people on the show you're, and calling me mentally incapable of being a great athlete. Anybody that, know, and anybody that knows me knows I was a great athlete until I got injured. Still am, even after I got hurt. But that's how I found to Make fun of it. He, I can't stop that. He can do anything he wants to. He's been doing it, making up stuff about hey, me. Jim, I wanna, I can I add one it, thing?
1: I don't want to interrupt, but I, I do want to say one thing. Well, you just interrupted. You just oh, interrupted. But it's important. You did not only did you comment on his. You led the prayer for Trey. You were the. You were
7: you. You made a very. Well, I'm glad you remember that you're no. exactly right. But, but yet he, he comes back, so-called Christian, he says. He comes back and attacks me over and over, and again today, today same thing. So I, yeah, I have a serious question about his claim to Christianity. To me, he doesn't represent anything about Christianity. I know I don't either at times, but all you, you know this. I've all, all I've basically ever done on this show when I got nasty or, or upset was I responded and reacted to the negative toward me. And that's a fact that people that heard this show can tell has told me that because I know that that's a fact. I don't take off on anybody unless they take off on me. I was nice to, to Legion. Uh, anyway, I made my point on that. But I want you to tell me who my cousin was that commented so negatively. And y'all, you said y'all, you should have listened to it. who was your co- cousin, the guy from from the uh, Chick-fil-A. You think you, that you said he was my cousin? Is that who you're talking about? Well, he
1: said he was your cousin.
7: Well, he's a lying scumbag, Paul. That guy never—I didn't—I have never heard that guy. I don't know that guy. It's a lie. All made up. And God is my witness, he's not my cousin. So I don't well, know if you I, believe that or not. Well, I, I,
1: Jim, I believe, and, and I want to add this. Uh, I, I did meet somebody that knew you, and the person that I—it was a long time ago, but he did say you were an elite athlete. So I, I probably uh, want to make and why sure. why do
7: you keep bringing up that I'm not? Why well, do you play with that so much? Well you're you're right uh, no wait, straight question uh, you answer, answer the question paul why do you do that
1: well uh, he said he was your cousin so i was going to defer to him no because, no, no well,
7: you, you're diverting again you, you, you're great at deflecting you said somebody told you i was a, a lead athlete no no the After guy the guy, guy sat continue. right
1: next to me i remember like it was at, at the i know all that paul i'm asking
7: you a question why do you continue to say i wasn't or, or make all kind of jokes about me when you the guy told you i was an elite athlete and you why do you do that well it's i probably like, shouldn't uh, in, in
1: all fairness uh, because the guy I, I do trust the guy that sat next to me because he told me who he was uh, he had credibility not, and I don't know if my question. Well, I, I was wrong How about I've that. You tried to make fun of me. Jim, like I'm to, not a great athlete. I've tried to explain. I was, I, I was incorrect and in listening uh, to Go this. ahead. I'm going to try to listen again. Okay. I should, the guy that called in, I should have used my own judgment and I didn't. What guy? You mean the guy that was No, no, I, I should have, uh, I should have relied on me sitting next to this guy, uh, and him telling me you were an elite athlete as opposed to relying on the guy from Chick-fil-A.
7: Well, I, th- now you made a finally you made a, a, a fair statement, but why? But you don't do that. Well, I have like to call in and confront you I will, I will, you I All statement. I can do is uh, do it from now on. Well, and let me ask you this: uh, You know these people hate me. You know he's trying to make points with me. I mean, with you, by saying stuff like that. You know you used to, and Paul, this is a fact. You know what? And I know it. Johnny Brock used to. I, I, I caught him doing it one day at the old show in Birmingham. He would call in and make up, act like he was a, a caller off the street. Being critical or whatever that you want him to do, and we caught him doing it, and you have to laugh. You laughed it off, but we know that you had callers that make up crap about people, stuff you want them to do or you like because you, call, you consider that entertaining. That's not entertaining, Paul. It's it's, and I'm telling you this. I firmly believe all this stuff that people do like that will come back to haunt them by having diseases going to hell if they have to, whatever God does. But I know this, God is a just God, and he is full of judgment, no, nothing but pure justice. And one day, all these people that think, say, with well, the derogatory, and that goes for me too if I do it, that say these derogatory, negative, nasty, lying things about me, uh, it's been done against Tim Brando, uh, a lot of people. Uh, it's it's going to come, justice is coming, Paul. And I hope, I really do mean to believe that you, if you don't repent about it, I need to repent about my sins. Well, I'm trying, Jim, I'm trying to. Else. I'm
1: trying to repent right now. Well, you
7: don't do it to me. I, I just admitted to, to
1: you that I was wrong by listening to this guy.
7: But I had to call in to make you to make you admit that. Well, sometimes or you just have to. Go, yeah, you're,
1: you're, you're correct. I, I'm not arguing. I, I was wrong.
7: Well, I, I made my point, but I hope Trey gets it because Trey is a hypocrite. He's a liar. He's one of those people, like in, old, in the Bible in the Old Testament, where they stood on the corner wearing their black robes, and they were all phony and hypocrites and of the devil. And see, the thing is about it, and this is in the Bible, as you well know. I believe God said, Jesus said, preaching one day, He said, "You." Put, all these people were attacking Him and other things, and He said, "He said, you are of your father, the devil." Who was, a, who was a liar from the beginning. And you've got a lot of people in this show that call in every day that are liars and thought that Father is the devil, not God. I'm not perfect, but I'm a lot better off, I believe, than some of these people you got calling in every day. And I appreciate you letting me say all of that. Well,
1: well, thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> John is next.
2: Well, I was hoping Jim would still be on the call because I was going to tell Jim, Jim, you are the type of person that I'm talking about with this show. Jim, you are a big liar. You have no respect for what this show is all about. And you need to grow up, Jim, and smell the coffee. And Jim, you're a hypocrite. And you're an embarrassment when you start using the Lord's name in vain. So I would appreciate it as a Christian if you would stop that, sir. That is disrespectful. Over and out.
1: We will take a short break here and hopefully be back with the remainder of the program.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight.
1: Welcome back. As we uh, continue, uh, Augie is up next in New Orleans. Paul, Jim caught you in the third ring and he called you out. He got you. He did. He got I, you. I plead so, no low contendere. So that was, that was a
5: good argument. Jim made some good, uh, made a good case there in front of the jury. So he did. I, uh, I
1: think you're going to get I've, entered, I've I've entered my plea.
5: Yeah, he, he would not let you off the hook in that answer, and he finally got you to admit it. But Paul, John from St. Louis, I think that man, could, could you imagine being his supervisor? What kind of performance review do you think he gets on the job? Poor.
2: <laughs>
5: and i got to say this to
2: Todd, Todd
5: from Shelby, in language he will understand. Todd, you're not the only one from Alabama who comes to Louisiana for a good time to expose himself
1: there on the roadside. Now be careful. I mean, never... Be careful, Augie. Uh, Todd's looking for a fight.
5: <laughs> I know. I mean, can you imagine these septuagenarians getting into
1: fights with each other? He, has a, he hasn't every... whooped anybody in a couple of days. That, <laughs> every itching, every that, that old itches back out of their mouth. <laughs> He's gonna go down to the feed store and think he's think he's uh, he, he thinks he's an enforcer for the Flyers.
5: Can you see he comes home and he, he's missing his teeth is why he said, What happened? Well, I got another fight with a big mouth from New Orleans. Did he punch you in the mouth? No, I went to swing at him and my teeth blew out on their own. That damn paladin <laughs> don't hold them.
1: I think you're right.
5: I wouldn't I wouldn't have to hit him, his teeth would go flying. I don't think this wrong. guy's
1: ever hit anybody,
5: do you? I don't know, but you know what Todd's spell backwards is, right? Don't! That's more like his. his don't. And at Joe, I didn't mention Joe at all yesterday, and he comes out against me. Poor little Joe. If you had Dominic and Joe and they took an IQ test, who do you think would score higher? Dominic. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, I want to ask you a question. You don't. You don't generally like to make statements unless somebody puts you on the stand, and then you have no problem answering. Of all of your callers, which caller do you think hates the other caller the most?
1: I mean, hates, not just dislikes, but yeah. Hates right right now, I, I think I, mean, I know I'm 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 a prisoner of the moment, but I, I feel comfortable saying Jim hates Trey. <laughs>
5: I do remember that Trey was uh, Jim was coming to his spiritual aid, and yeah, I mean, uh,
1: and I was I was very clear on that. Jim was the first guy who brought it up. Yeah, I I remember that. But I mean, there's. I I would say beyond that, I mean, on the same level is is I Man Legend. Do you
5: think they really hate each
1: other, or they banter? I, I think I, I think Legend really hates the guy, don't you? <laughs> uh, what, what, who else? Who else? I mean, there's a there's a slow burn right now between Squirrel and and Jim, but uh, uh, uh Who is a there's you know, a there's a couple of guys that do not like I'm in, uh, other than even beyond Legend, but one of them would include me sometimes. <laughs> Well, hey, Paul. When you do have
5: that get together of uh, callers in the Feinbaum House, you know, yeah. like the Heisman House, you're gonna have to have, be very careful on room assignments. That's all I gotta say. Because can you see uh, John from uh, Louisville? Not John from Louisville, but John from St. Louis, walking around late at night? Everybody's gonna be in their edge of the bed, making sure he
1: doesn't come near them. Exactly. Hey, thanks so much. By the way, there's a. There, we've been talking about the CFP all day. And Ross Dellinger, who's been literally on the front row of this, uh, has just uh, put out a new story saying, and, and all these are iterations, but he, he said that in the in the latest iteration of the 14-team playoff, the champions of the SEC and the Big Ten would be guaranteed the two first-round buys, as it should be. Uh, We'll take a short break. Uh, we have a lot more to do in the final hour. We're going to stop the bantering just for a moment. Alyssa Lang will drop by to uh, give us uh, a preview of tonight and a couple of other important events. We may, we may end up talking sports with her.
0: We'll be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.